0: thankful that God in his mercy has brought us together to be able to celebrate the good news of the gospel. that God makes a way where there was no way. In the French Academy of Science in, over in France, there is a sh- plain and simple shoemaker's all. Now, uh, this is an all. A- WL. You probably have one in your toolkit, But uh, this is an older one that came through Sherry's family. It's very old and I've used it, you can see, I've used it uh, in the absence of a drill to knock a hole in drywall or you can use it for a lot of different things. Um, And it's kind of sharp and pointy. You can reset stuff with it. It's kind of handy. But many, many years ago in the 1800s, the old shoemaker was working on his uh, right there on what would be like his workbench, and so he was working, and his off off the table, and it landed directly in the eye of his three-year-old son. His son's name was Louis, and Louis. Uh, His eye was so damaged, and of course, this is the 1800s, and the infection spread, and it went over from one eye, and actually, by the time he was five years old, he was blind. The family sent him off to a school that was for folks who couldn't see, and he kind of learned to read with large blocks of wood, and he didn't care for that. And so over the years, Louis, who was a very bright young man, he uh, tried to kind of devise a way that he could read and do it in a little easier fashion. And so what he did was he took really his father's awe and he started poking with the point of it dots in paper and over time he created this system. Later in his life Louis said this, God was pleased to hold before my eyes the dazzling splendors of eternal hope. After that doesn't it seem that nothing more could keep me bound to the earth. And so Louis actually used the awe which had blinded him as a boy to form the dots into a whole new reading system that we know as Braille. Louis Braille is the man who created that. Louis as a believer knew that God was sovereign. He knew that in a fallen world bad things happen And because of sin, trouble and sin and every kind of tragedy is around us. But he believed that God makes a way. And so he had his eternity and hope in God. I pray today that as you come here today, that you will see the hope of heaven. That you will see beyond just your circumstances the same way Louis Braille did. And he put his hope in God, and God sovereignly used him. That awe is in that museum because of the great accomplishment of Louis Braille and how he has used that in thousands of people who were born blind or blind for whatever reason. I want you to know as well that in this fallen world, God can make a way and even use you. So I want you to be encouraged today in this in the sovereignty of God and how he, he makes a way for us, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8 today as we look at this. My wife is so sad today to not be able to be here this morning. I was, uh, I actually, uh, my wife uh, it is, is awesome. I love her so much. We met all these years ago, been married for 31 years. And my wife, uh, today is her birthday and so uh, I, I, I actually, she never, she always said she never wanted to marry a pastor, and then she married me, and, and uh, the rest is history, and she's been an incredible pastor's wife. Uh, so much of my ministry would be literally impossible uh, without Sherry. Sherry uh, is, God has used her in so many ways, but I actually talked to her. I was like, it's your birthday. Let's preach together. So... Uh, She kind of, I sold her on it for a couple of weeks. And then a couple of weeks ago, she's like, I I can just feel this coming on. There's just no way we're going to do that. Well, in God's sovereignty and her her wisdom, she became sick yesterday. (laughs) And so (laughs) of all the things I'm telling you, but uh, she gave me this passage to share and, we, and I want to share it. I want to follow through on what we t- started in conversating about and sharing some of her heart in this. And I want to kind of encourage you uh, in it. Romans 8, we're going to start reading in verse 28. Up. As we read Romans eight twenty eight. All things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn from many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charges against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it that condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised... Who is the first at the first hand of God, at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall tribula- tribulation, or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written: "For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. Now, I want you, if you could, just to kind of put your thumb there and then turn over to 1 John 5, and I want to read you two verses from there. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. We're just going to read two verses here. Say amen when you have it. Just a few of you. All right. It's kind of hard to find back there. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I want to encourage you today to trust the waymaker and to be an overcomer. When you look at this passage in Romans 8, you see right there, right off the front you know, it's a fairly well-known passage. Verse 28, it's pretty known. All things work together for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we generally take this to mean that no matter how bad things are right now, they're going to work out in the ver- at the very best in the, ver- in the end, which usually means the way we want things to end up. That's usually the way we use this verse. It's all going to end up the way that I want it to in the very end. And it's important that we uh, remember that this promise, this all things work together for good, has this condition on it, and that is for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. It's important that we understand who we are and who God is and I want to just talk to you in the moments I have remaining here about whenever things don't go the way you want them to go the things that we need to remember in order for us to trust God to see him do what only he can do the waymaker. Here's the first thing, when things don't go your way, it sure is good to know that God has a purpose. When things aren't going well, and you are either lost, you're downcast, you're struggling, you're confused, you don't know why, what's happening, you feel like darkness has overcome you, just like Louis Braille, it's good to remember that God has a purpose. Some of us may have the mistaken idea that God's purpose is that we just be happy all the time. We assume that happiness is our right and our goal. But we have, you know, we, we've seen it differently. You know, you've kind of heard, uh, don't worry, be happy. I think it's good to have a positive attitude. But God's ultimate goal is not our happiness, Others have made the mistaken idea that God's purpose for us is to be successful. So whatever your definition of successful is, that's what you think maybe that's what God's purpose is for you. But according to this scripture we're reading here in verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. God's purpose for your life is to be conformed to the image of his son. And I've talked to you about this historically. I've talked to you about your destiny is to be more like Jesus. Don't give up on that. Don't buy the lie uh, that you can't do it. Don't buy the deceptions that there are other better things. Your destiny is to become more like Jesus. That's the purpose of your life. When things don't go your way, remember God's purpose for your life. And it's important that you remember this. I want you to remember God's purpose for your life is to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. Here's the second thing. When things don't go your way, it sure is good to know that God has a plan. Now, you might see your life right now, and you think, well, there's no good Nothing good that can come out of anything that's happening in my life right now. Well, it sure is good when you trust, put your trust in God, and you trust Him in your life, and you think to yourself. You might think, well, my choices have put me into this hole, or I asked to be here. Uh, I, I've, I've made some decisions that, that weren't good, or maybe life just circumstances, you're downtrodden or confused or tragedy around you, and you might be overwhelmed by that. It sure is good to know when you go through life that God has a plan. He has a plan not only ultimately of what's going to happen in this world, but he has a plan for your life as well. Verse 30, For those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. Now some argue that this verse uh, means that before the beginning of the world that God chose certain people to receive the gift of salvation and others say that God knew that that who would and and would not be saved and, and but it it did not especially choose some and condemn others and and this verse as uh, a lot of debating going on back and forth. But here's what I don't want you to lose this morning. However, all these arguments and the mystery of this passage, what is often overlooked and we, uh, what we do know for certain now this passage is that God has a plan of salvation. And it was settled before the foundation of the world. That's what you need to know. That God knows who will be saved and has a plan and a method and a design for fulfilling his purpose in them. And I want you to know today, and I've come here today to tell you that that's God's plan for your life. This salvation, the good news of the gospel, we're coming up on Christmas, that just at the right time, he sent his son Jesus into the world to die for sinners. And all of us are sinners. And I say that because so many people argue about this passage and they have so many different uh, opinions about it and there's a sense of kind of a uh, it doesn't really matter what I think God's already chosen that's not true uh, it's like this for us this morning if 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 I said hey we're going to have a barbecue all right everybody's invited to the barbecue everybody would be invited to the barbecue you know what I'm saying but if I came down here and I said now, look, Luke, you got this straight? There's going to be a barbecue this afternoon at 5 o'clock. I really want you to be there. Did you hear what I was... You think you, I mean, I really want you to come. Bring Tiffany, bring the girls. Make sure you come to the barbecue. You got that? I really want you to come. Now, see, that, some people might say, and I, I, there was very specific invitation. Now, I invited everybody, but I went to Luke, and I said, now, listen, Luke... I wanna make sure that you come. That's like this passage. This, is, this morning is your specific invitation that God's got a plan for your life. See, God, you even know from your hardwiring in your body, you know there's a God. You know, just from just opening your eyes at a sunset or seeing God at work, you know there's a God. But you have, you have this advantage That God in his sovereignty brought you even here to hear the word of God, the plan that he has for you. You are getting the specific invitation this morning to heaven. I use the silly thing about a barbecue. But you have been given this invitation to the plan of God. You have heard who Jesus is. And so God's plan will bring you into full maturity, which gets into your purpose. You know what I'm saying? It will bring you, and, and because it says God's purpose is to make us like Christ. God's plan will ensure that that goal is achieved in us. Proverbs 16.9 says this, The human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. We can make plans until we're blue in the face, but it is God who really determines our course of life. And here's what I'm just trying to, I want to encourage you to join God in what he's doing in your life. Because God has a plan. It sure is good to know that God has a plan in the middle of the darkness. When your goals are frustrated, look to God's higher purpose, his plan. And when your plans are frustrated, look to God's higher plan. I was talking to my mom this past week. I did a flying trip down to Canova because she had a heart. She was having a heart um, procedure this past week. And there I was sitting and talking to my mom. And I I was talking to her uh, about this procedure, and she's pretty frustrated. She's not in good health and everything. And I, I kind of looked at her, and I said, she was worried about this and that. And my mom, she, she's just kind of wired like that a little bit. And uh, I just kind of looked at her, and I said, Mom, you know, no matter what happens in a 100 years from right now, it's not going to really matter at all. It's not. In God's scheme of things, you know what, the truth is God's got a plan and it's for eternity. You were created for eternity. God, it's good to know God's plan whenever you go through hard things. It's good to be reminded that God's got a purpose and God's got a plan. Here's the third thing. When you think things aren't going your way and you're frustrated, it sure is good to know that God provides. He's the one that provides. God will provide all the resources you need to endure the struggle, the suffering you face no matter what it is. Look at the the, the four questions in verse 31 through 34. If God is for us, who can be against us? Does your struggle involve an enemy, a person that's mocking you maybe at school or trouble at work or whatever it is? Somebody's against you, remember, God provides. If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, he who did not withhold his son but also gave him up for us all, will he not give us everything else? Is your struggle maybe that you feel that you just can't go on anymore, that you just can't, lo- you know, there's no more love to give or your patience has run dry or God seems to be withholding from you what you need the most? Well, if God has given us his son, he will not also give us everything else we need. yes. Ephesians 3:20 says that God is able to accomplish abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. When things don't go your way, it's good to remember that God provides. When things don't go your way, it sure is good to know not only that God provides, but to know God's presence. It's good to know God's presence. When you have hardships or persecution, when we're penniless, when we're friendless, when we're hopeless, when we're loveless, it can feel like God has forsaken us. But verse 38, right there in the passage we read, assures that that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Death can't, life can't. The angels won't and all the powers of hell itself cannot keep God's love away from from you our fear for today our worries about tomorrow our whether it's maybe flying in the sky or the deepest emotions you know that we have doing things whatever it is it will be able to separate us from the love of God when things don't go your way remember God's presence in your life one thing Listen, listen. All the way back in the Old Testament, children of Israel are brought out of Egypt. They come to Mount Sinai. God has delivered them. And they, here they are, and they're waiting at the base of the mountain. And right there, Moses goes up, and he gets what? The Ten Commandments. The law. It's brought down. Well, there, there's idol worship. We'll talk more about that later. But then... He then goes with them. What did they get at the mountain? They got their identity and they got his presence. His presence went with them. And This is where I'm trying to talk to you today. I want you in your purpose and in the plan of your life, I want you to receive your identity and your direction in life his presence in your life from the very word of God. We now have, because Jesus died on the cross, was buried and raised to new life, and he said, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for power from on high. And that presence has come to us through the power of the Holy Spirit today. And so we receive through Jesus our identity and his presence presence. Don't forget that. When when things don't go your way, when you're downtrodden, when you're frustrated, it sure is good to know God's presence and God through the sovereignty of Jesus in John 14 promised His Holy Spirit would come close to those and comfort you and lead you and empower you. Here's the last thing I want to leave you with today. When things don't go your way, it sure is good to have God's promises. And I'll tell you what, right here in what we just read, those 11 verses in Romans 8 and even those two verses in 1 John 5 are good to know so that we can, when we go through hard things, we can overcome the world. How do we overcome the world? Our faith. Our faith, putting our trust in God. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God's promises. It's good to remember God's promises. And so what I did was I just put a tiny little sample on the back of your outline. Just flip over your outline and I just gave you a little sliver of 10 promises that God gives us in his word. Now, I would encourage you to get that from that piece of paper. Put that on the inside of you. Put that on the inside of you. Start trusting that so that you would have your identity and then trusting God's purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. All the things that we've talked about here this morning, how God provides And also he gives us his presence to go from this place. Because see, he's a way maker. So whatever you're walking through, whatever you're thinking about for the future, there might be something that's got you distracted or maybe emotionally downtrodden. I want you to remember that God has promises in his word that I want you to put, I want you to to have that. I want you to know that. It's good to have and to know God's promises. It's good to know and to have God's presence in your life. I want us to spend some time here right now. And I want us to think about that. I want us to pray about that right now and trust him more. And as you go from this place this morning, I want you to trust him more and trust the Waymaker for what he's going to do. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for Romans 8. Thank you, Lord, that in your sovereignty, you brought us together today so that we would hear more about the purpose for our life. Lord, help, thank you, Lord, that you brought us together to know the plan that you made. Lord, help, thank you that you brought us together to remind us how you provide for everything we need. And Lord, how you, don't just leave us alone. Lord, you go with us. Lord, help us to build our life on the promises of God today. Not on just our emotions and what we've experienced, but on you. For each person here, that you would minister by the power of your spirit. That you would uh, help each person here. Folks are going through different things and hard things. I pray, Lord, that you would just minister, help them to know you are with them. And that you're making a way. In Jesus' name.